Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? Brian Tonk here. It's the Apple Bits XL for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. I'm your host with the most, taking you through all the latest, hottest stories. It's our deep dive of everything that happened this week. This show is yours just as much as it is mine, so call us 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. Last week, I specifically asked you all to call, and we had... 10 or 12 legit solid calls. I'm going to have to split them up. Some people just wanted to say hi, but you make the show. It adds so much more, and I love it. So remember, your name, where you're from, and then get to your point, your comment, your perspective, and we'll throw it in the show. All right? Easy peasy, just like that. So let's get to the latest news. There was a lot of stuff that happened earlier in the week, in the Monday and Tuesday. We'll kind of get through that flow, but the hottest news right now coming out of the information is that Apple maybe planning to develop a single subscription service that would offer access to not only its original TV shows, which we know they're building up, their Apple Music service, and digital magazines, according to a report from The Information. Now, Apple's been building this. We talked about how they're working with Oprah, with the uh, Sesame Street Workshop group. They're working with the Obamas. They have all these new comedies playing. Kevin Durant, Kristen Wiig, So many different things as they're starting to kind of round out an animation studio as well. Well, this this content, I've always said, right? How how is it going to be special? How can it compete with what's out there? Well, one way to compete is to create a service that other people don't have. The closest thing you could put it would be everyone's thinking right now, uh, Brian, have you heard of this service called Amazon Prime? Hello? Okay, yeah, obviously it's fine. Let's just call this Apple Prime. If they were cool, they'd call it Optimus Prime. Well, that's why I don't work for Apple. They they come up with those names. But this service, if it is more premium content, but it also is digital magazines, it's also their Apple Music service, I think the big hook is going to be people that already use Apple Music and then pay a little extra to get this bundled service. So now Apple is making a little more money off of those currently existing 40 million paying subscribers to Apple Music, right? Tim Cook, in a recent recent earnings report, outright said that they wanted to double the amount of income they make specifically from their services division. So this included things like the App Store, iTunes, Apple Music, Apple Pay, and iCloud. Now it hit $7.17 billion in the December quarter of last year, right? Well, again, Tim Cook says we want to double it by 2020. They have four years to do that. How are they going to how are they going to get to that point? It's not just by doing a, a magazine subscription service. We know that they acquired Texture, which is this app that was a $9.99 service where it gave you access to a lot of the top magazines like people, you know, I read Vogue all the time. But Rolling Stone, ESPN the Magazine, Entertainment Weekly, which I do read, uh, GQ, which I do read, Wired, which I do read. So actually, that that would be a good service for me. Uh, they just don't have my favorite one, which is Empire, which is like a UK-based magazine, which is the bomb. But if they can bundle all this, so let's say the magazine service is $9.99, Apple Music right now, right? I believe, again, this is off my dome, $9.99 as well. Their TV streaming service, 
I don't think with coming out of the gates it would be worth nine ninety nine. Maybe four ninety nine to seven ninety nine. Okay, so let's just throw that out there. If they bundled all of those three things, they they won't give us a killer deal. Twenty five bucks? Would you do that for twenty five dollars? And no, this is not Amazon Prime. You're not going to get two day free shipping from Apple, which would be nice if they did that, but. Apple Prime, let's just call it Apple Prime for fun. Would you do that for $25? Okay, if not $25, would you do it for $20? $20, maybe, if you're the type of person that uses all those different media experiences. For someone like me, who is all over the iPad Pro, who reads comics and reads magazines while I'm traveling on the go, it might be a little more compelling now that I think about it. You know, this is the first time I'm really thinking about it out loud. It's something to keep an eye on. Apple doing a bundled subscription service different from Netflix. But we'll have to see how it all comes together. I'm still not sold on their TV show slash movie service yet. I'm not. Everything they've talked about does not make me want to plunk down money for them. I will tell you one service that does want me to make me want to plunk down money. Uh, have you? Did you guys see this announcement? It's slightly or slightly related. DC Universe. This is DC's own exclusive service kind of streaming platform for fans. It will hit iOS and tvOS devices this fall. They're going to launch a beta of this program in August. It'll allow you to watch uh, classic shows like the Wonder Woman TV series. It'll allow you to get access to some of their comic book library. Uh, you'll it'll have like community features, exclusive ability to buy certain things that are only. It's really like a DC fan's dream, and I'm all over DC. Forget, fine, their movies aren't that hot, but their comics are so amazing. It their their boatload of talent writing their stuff is is on point. I'm sorry, I'm not going to go off on this too much. Anyways, the key thing is here is they're also developing exclusive TV shows specifically for the service that you won't see anywhere else. Titans, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, and then they have um, animated series like Young Justice and Harley Quinn. If you know those properties and you know those characters, I'm pretty fired up about seeing Titans. I'll stop talking about the DC Universe, but it does make me wonder. I'm so fired up about that. I'm not nearly as fired up about Apple service, but uh, it will be available on iOS and tvOS, uh, and the beta is starting in August. All right, the other big news. This is kind of the way, way, like, head-scratcher story, but it got some pickup. The Nikkei Asian Review reports that the future AirPods charging case will soon be able to also wirelessly charge an iPhone. The, the little AirPod case. Now, we know that Apple released, uh, you know, it told us that there will be a wirelessly charging case specifically for the AirPods. No one ever said anything about it being able to charge an iPhone, let alone, I don't even know if it even has the battery capacity or to, to really transfer, transfer any type of current that could charge an iPhone. I really feel like this is a report that might be lost in translation, but it got kind of got people excited because in a relate, semi-related report, and everyone, I know you're listening, you're like, no way, nah, nah, not happening. I don't think it's happening, but maybe something similar might be coming 
in the future. Now, Mark Gurman of Bloomberg, a friend of the show, he reported that during the development of the iPhone X, Apple weighed removing the wired charging system entirely. They were looking to potentially kill the lightning port completely. It wasn't feasible at the time because in the report it says wireless charging was still slower than traditional methods. It still is today. And even including a wireless charger with the new iPhones would have significantly increased the price of the phones, which makes sense. And if you already have a $1,000 base model iPhone 10 and then you throw in a wireless charger in there, yeah, probably probably not going to be a good thing for for consumers. But if they're already thinking about this, we know in the past even Johnny Ive on the record said that he his he envisions the iPhone just being a single slate of glass without any buttons. And we continue to get there more and more removing the lightning port. You know it's going to happen, right? It, it's just an eventuality. We're not there yet. That doesn't bother me as much. I'm more bothered by they still don't have a headphone jack, and I don't care if you think I'm old school. I still don't like that. I still don't like that. But if they've already thought about removing the lightning port completely, they've already thought about other ways to charge your phones. It's not like we're going to have an air power mat in our car and everywhere we go. Maybe we'll have something else. Mofi has a system. They call it their Juice Pack Charge Force system where they have different types of wireless charging uh, packs that can magnetically connect to a case you have where you can put it on a stand and it wirelessly charges your iPhones. So maybe Apple has something similar up their sleeve. But right now, I mean, they were thinking of taking the lightning connector out, which that then leads me to think that, okay, maybe in the future there is something like an AirPods case that might be bigger or be able or something like that that would be able to charge your iPhone. It's just out there. I don't think it's happening anytime soon. I do think the report was lost in translation, but if Apple's going to take out the port, they're not just going to pretend like we can only charge our phones on a wireless charging mat at our home. There's got to be other things in this ecosystem and an opportunity for them to sell more. Sticking with the iPhone, just a quick story. LG Display is going to supply Apple with roughly 2 to 4 million OLED panels for this year's iPhone Plus. That's a report from Bloomberg. If you recall, Apple has been extremely dependent on Samsung Display. It's a, it's a, it is a, not a parent company, but it is another company under the Samsung umbrella. So Samsung has been currently manufacturing the the OLED displays. They were their sole supplier, and Apple needed to be less dependent on them for two reasons. Competitively, if they don't have someone else making their screens, they can't drive prices down. And also being reliant on Samsung exclusively, it was a bottleneck for the iPhone 10. They There were multiple reports about that, and so this alleviates that. It's just a little nugget for iPhone 10 news. Now, we know a new iPhone or whatever is coming. They do say that the LG displays are believed to be the 6.5-inch large screen iPhone. That's the intention for at least the displays that LG is making. We'll see about that. And LG is allocated to roughly make up 20% of their displays for their phones coming next year. So if we're stuck on next year, let's talk about another Bloomberg report here that Apple is planning to unveil a new high-end AirPods, a new HomePod, and over-the-ear headphones 
for 2019. Which of those three is the most interesting for you? Is it a higher-end AirPods? Or I, I really feel like over-the-ear headphones is, is kind of interesting of why Apple would be doing that. So let's start off with the AirPods. They're looking to create a more premium version that would be higher than the existing 159 price point. They're working on adding noise cancellation and water resistance. Now, another aspect, according to this report from Mark Gurman, is that they're trying to increase the range that AirPods can work away from an iPhone or iPad. I don't know about you, but when I'm walking on the street, I still get points where the AirPods in my ears will kind of blip out. They just cut out just for like a split second, but it's really annoying. And you're like, dude, like that's okay. Yes, it is wireless technology. It's it's not the easiest thing, but it is annoying. First world problems, right? First world freaking problems. You have AirPods that cut out. Oh no, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. Now this water resistance that they're working on, you won't be able to swim in them though. Not sure why you would really want to, but it's really gonna protect, the water resistance here is gonna protect against rain and perspiration specifically. The earbuds or these earbuds for the AirPods, I mean, these wireless earbuds, they're slated for 2019, potentially early 2019, and it is working on a wireless charging case. Now, this also is interesting because remember, Apple showed off that wireless charging case Based on the timing of this, I don't think, in my opinion, they need to rush AirPods anymore. People are still buying them up like candy. They're the number one selling product for a lot of comp- a lot of stores and retail outlets. But instead, just wait. Don't give us a current AirPods with a wireless charging case, or maybe they will. Give us the premium one with the wireless charging case. And if the current AirPods are 159 you know that new one is going to be going for at least 200 maybe 229 Geez, 249 I mean, 249 you can get a pair of nice over-the-ear noise-canceling headphones, basically. You get a lot of things for 249 So that is one of those things that's in the work. They're also, I mean, this is, sounds like a completely buffed-out AirPods. Biometric sensors are being potentially discussed uh, for heart rate monitoring, to, through basically when it makes contact with your ear, it would be the second offering of an Apple product that has heart rate monitoring. We know that the Apple Watch is really the other one. Um, the current AirPods, though, are believed to be refreshed later this year with a new chip, but also refreshed next year or uh, being added to the lineup with the super high-end AirPods. What do you want to call them, guys and gals? AirPod, AirPods Pro? AirPods Plus, it ain't going to be AirPods 10 and AirPods 2. That's just lazy. Give me something better than AirPods 2. Another product in the lineup, Apple is going all out for audio. The company is also looking to bring over-the-ear headphones that will compete directly with Bose, Sennheiser, the Sony MDX-1000 line. They're using, they're going to use Apple's branding to really make this a higher-end alternative to the company's own Beats line. They were originally trying to introduce these by the end of 2018, according to the report, but they've faced some development challenges, and they're now targeting a launch as early as next year. So Apple over-the-ear headphones, a minimum. These are going to be minimum 250 300 they might go for 350 400 because guess why? They're Apple. 
in addition to that, there are also reports this whole the triple threat of audio that Apple's trying to build out. There's reports of a new HomePod that is also in the works. A new version for as early as next year. It could switch production away from their current um, from Invent Inventech, who's currently producing these, but we've heard about reduced orders. Look, we know that the HomePod Generation 1 is not a success. It sounds great. And when I say not a success, I'm not saying that those of you who bought it shouldn't be happy with it because it does sound amazing. But it's not like people are buying this thing for $349. I recently saw Best Buy just selling them outright for like $50 off for a weekend. I'm like, what? It still didn't make me want to get one. But when you start seeing sales like that, you're kind of wondering, um, okay. Anyways, the thing about the HomePod, and we all know this, we don't, I'm not going to beat this to death. No matter what they do to it, the only way to make the HomePod significantly better is to make Siri significantly better. Until then, it's just going to be a really, really great sounding $349 Apple Music speaker that looks like a marshmallow. But Apple going all out, all out, they're betting big on audio. And again, it's it's like, it's a super competitive business. I think the AirPods are clearly a runaway success for them. Whether or not you think they look good or not, I'm still on the not side, but I still do use them because the convenience. Uh, but it, it again, it gives them another like distraction. It spreads them more thin. All the resources are in. They're in so many products now. They're in so many. Something's got to give, and we've seen across the board. There's just things. Bugs, issues, delays. Don't I challenge Apple at their next keynote, September, the September keynote? I challenge them not to announce a device that's going to take longer than nine months to deliver. I challenge them. I don't know if they can do it anymore because we've had the AirPods, the HomePod, we the Air Power Mat now, which we'll talk about in a second. It even features in iOS 11 over nine months to deliver on them you just and guess what we're still talking about it so i guess <laughs> i guess it's working uh I'm just, we're so pathetic all right apple is also working to aim to release the air power map by september they were hoping they were hoping it would be available to release in june but they're now aiming to put it on sale before or in september according to once again my boy, Mark Gurman from Bloomberg. Now, in recent months, the report says some Apple engineers have ramped up the testing of the device and they're using it as their charger at the office. But this is one of the things, the air power is actually, although it does look strikingly like uh, a maxi pad, the air power is actually really sophisticated. You think, oh, it's just a, hey, there's wireless chargers all over the place. It was kind of curious when Apple announced the Air Power. They also were like, hey, right now you can use third party chargers from our friends at Belkin and Mophie. And then when we're ready, we'll we'll be ready to go. Well, one of the reasons why is that they say it's really it's really difficult to produce this is because it's a complicated process. Think about this. There are three devices you have to put on a single mat. And they have to be able to talk to each other different at different times, detect what's on what. Challenges include making sure the charger doesn't overheat. 
There's the complexity of the circuitry that we're talking about. Uh, th- charging three devices simultaneously on one pad. On one, that's not, we haven't seen that done anywhere yet. They also want us to be able to throw the our gadgets on it in any order. We don't want a specific section for here's where the phone goes, here where the watch goes, here's where the air, just put them, just put them all in there. The air power is based on a custom charging technology, but it's also intended to integrate with the Qi wireless charging standard. And it's also running, it has a custom Apple chip running a stripped down version of iOS. And this is for power management and pairing with the devices. So even if you watched like the iPhone 10 promo video, there's a point where the iPhone lands on the power on the air power, and then it you could see a list of devices that are also charging with it at the same time. So, you know, the more I hear about this power air power, I kind of honestly get a little more excited for it because it looks horrendous to me. But whatever, it's just it's just a pad. Fine, get over it, Tong. Get over, it. grow up, man. But yeah, the tech inside of it is pretty cool. Again, I don't know how pretty cool the price will be, but are you? I want to know if you're juiced, just as juiced about this air power mat now. Are you more excited about it? Are you less? Do you really care? I think the other issue is really how fast is it really going to charge these devices? Because if it's a whole lot faster just to plug it in, I I have a USB-C charger. It juices up my iPhone and my iPad Pro extremely fast. Even my AirPod, it doesn't matter. So... I don't know where you guys, where you guys and gals at with this whole wireless charging thing. Are you ready to jump on board? Do you want the air power mat? Let me know. Triple eight eight three three A B X L. All right, let's take a little quick breather to say thank you to our sponsor, which continues to be you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong. You can sponsor and support the show starting at $1 a month. That's basically a quarter per episode. If you think it's worth a cup of coffee per month, I'd love that. And we have higher tiers, $10, $25, $100 monthly contributions for the platinum apples. And I just want to continue to say you're allowing me to build this up and grow. And I thank you so much for that. And we will continue to do that. We're still, you know, just a one under one third left to hit the goal to make this show a guaranteed regular thing which i want it to be too because i I love doing this so thank you again check it out patreon.com slash brian tong all right let's keep rolling finally finally did you we've talked about the macbook's butterfly keyboard guess what it took two years for apple to finally officially launch a keyboard repair program for the macbook and macbook pro models that had the butterfly keys this is you know, their new advanced kind of low profile keys. They really hyped it up. And when I, I remember in the presentation, it was like, this is the greatest thing you've ever seen. And then when I used it, I'm like, I it's too shallow for me. I I like the bounce of the standard keyboard that I've been using. I just like the depth. It just felt better to me. So we know there are a whole bunch of issues. People having like keys that wouldn't respond. When you hit characters, it wouldn't show up. Some would jam. And it's you can't just pop the keyboard out. It the the keyboard is basically fused to the entire upper metal chassis, and they have to replace the whole thing. So now, according to Apple, they say it was only a small percentage of MacBook and MacBook Pro keyboards that were experiencing these symptoms. I think it was a whole lot more because thousands on thousands of people were complaining about this. 
So repairs may include the replacement of one or more keys, really the entire keyboard. Again, these are for MacBook and MacBook Pros from 2015 to 2016, or sorry, to 2017. So if you had a MacBook or MacBook Pro, any size, 2015 to 2017, you can take it into an Apple retail store or an Apple authorized service provider and get these repairs free of charge. If you have done a repair on this that was out of warranty and you probably paid out of pocket somewhere, it might have been even been $500 or more, you need to contact Apple to see what you can do um, to get some refund or some level of a refund. But you know, you have Bengate, and then you have the Apple iPhone battery issue, and you have this issue, and you know that deep down inside, I mean, was Apple hoping it would go away and the public wouldn't make a big, you know, beef about this? Because I don't think we would have found out about Bengate unless it would have was directly revealed in the case notes by the judge during the class action lawsuit. We would not have ever known this. So... I'm not going to get I'm going to say thank you for figuring it out and doing the right thing but I don't I I don't know if it's customary practice for companies to be hush hush but when it's such a large overreaching issue and you kind of just ignore it and sweep it under the rug 2 years later uh it seems a little long for me it seems like a long time but maybe one of you that listens that is in customer service or even honestly can call in anonymously anonymously that you work for Apple Care I'd like to know, like, how long, you know, does it take to establish a pattern where they decide this is an actual known issue? And then how long do they stay quiet about it unless it becomes a big thing or they kind of sometimes just try and handle it on their own because they don't want the bad press from it? It just seems like it's happening too much to major products from Apple. That's all I'm saying. All right. We kind of talked about this. I thought this was kind of like in some quick bits. Um, this is a fun story. If you had to guess from Best Buy, what is their top selling Apple product? Right? What what is their top seller? What do you think it would be? Right? Well, their number one top Apple selling product at Best Buy are the AirPods. But their second one, I'm gonna give you a second or it's kind of like if you haven't seen our video show already, to shoot it out there, okay? Think about it. Their second top-selling product at Best Buy is the Apple headphone jack adapter. (laughs) It's the freaking dongle. The dongle! It makes me sad. Good for business, horrible for consumers. Clearly, everyone is losing them. (sighs) Oh, goodness. Look at what you did. That's what we sacrifice for a future slate single piece of glass phone. That's what it takes. Also, iOS 12's public beta and macOS Mojave's public beta are available now. What that means is before you had to be a developer to get access to them, to put them on your devices. If you're part of the public beta program, which is completely free to sign up for and check this stuff out, you totally can. I would recommend do not put it on your primary device. Just a little bit word of advice. And then if you have a a Mac, 
at least partition your hard drive to put macOS Mojave on it. I love doing that because you can really dive in. I think Mojave is great. I think it's just one of those under the radar things that everyone's going to just never complain about. Well, I'm going to cross my fingers. There's always something to complain about. But you just, people just be like, man, my Mac runs fine. It's smooth. Mojave, baby. I'm telling you, I'm digging it a whole lot. All right. Um, I let's say let's get to our voicemails. We've got tons of great stuff. So again, I told you I had to split. I literally had to split the voicemail calls. So hopefully, no offense, but just sit tight. Greg from Phoenix, Matt, and my boy Terrence McKelvey, we will use your calls at least in next week's show, unless we get inundated with like another 10 or 15 calls like we did this week. Okay, let's check it out. My boy Josh. He he wants to give he wants to open my eyes a little bit and I'm feeling this one. Hey Brian, this is Josh from Ambler again. Um I just wanted to bring up the home pod. Um again, I am one of the people that would love for it to be smarter, but I did buy it for the audio quality and I did buy a second one when you could make them stereo speakers. And I have to tell you for a stereo speaker setup, it sa- sounds really nice. Um Yes, I have expensive hi-fi equipment that's going to sound better, but for 750 I'm trying to remember exactly, whatever it was, 750 or 800 bucks to get two of them, I think it sounds exceptional, especially the bass that come out of those little puppies. So, um, you know, if anyone's looking for sound quality, I think it's good. I mean, Siri's still dumb as rocks, but, you know, when you're just sitting there listening to music, uh, I think they output quite nicely. Have a good one. Uh, love your show. Bye. Nice. I, I I'm totally on board with that. I am I, I'm totally on board with what Josh called about. So that's that's some great insight and perspective. Again, I never said they didn't sound great for the record. And yeah, dumb as rocks. <laughs> All right, next up, Brian. He wants to talk about Fortnite. Oh yeah, Fortnite, baby. Hey Brian, it's Brian from New Orleans. A uh, quick note about uh, Fortnite on iOS devices. Um, I actually initially played it on my iPhone 10, um, I guess for a few months, pretty much the day it came out on iOS, um, and played it, got used to the controls, kind of got used to the graphics on the, on the screen. When it came out on the Switch, went to play it on the Switch, and controls are different, and, I, and, and the screen's just not as good, so I find the graphics are actually worse. So I'm actually moving back from a, you know, a, a dedicated gaming console back to the phone just because I, I actually find that it's a little bit better experience. Uh, might be crazy to think so, but that's what's working for me. It's kind of ironic moving uh, back from a Switch back to an iPhone, but I guess that's where we are with technology. Keep up the great work. Thanks. Bye. I love that call, too. We, we've talked about it. I can't remember. My brain's all over the place sometimes. I can't remember if we talked in the show, but you know, game console, game developers, someone asked, oh, what about what about... Do you think they're finally going to show love to the Mac? Will the Mac finally be a, a platform for gamers? And I'm like, no, I don't. They don't need to really support the Mac. The future is in iOS devices. Game developers are going to completely leapfrog the Mac now and be like, you know what? I'm going to make games, develop them, and put them in iOS devices. It has the largest audience, and Macs won't be aren't seen as gaming as a gaming platform they just aren't in general you can play certain games on them but man if i was a developer i'd be like forget that ios 
iOS baby. That's who I'm targeting on Apple. All right, Debbie's calling in. She wants to talk about the Apple Watch. Hi, Brian. This is Debbie from Centerville, Ohio. Just wanted to know about the Apple Watch walkie-talkie feature. I'm hearing it's only going to be on Series 2, which I didn't even think they made anymore, and I have a Series 1. So what do you know about that? Thanks. Love the show. Bye. Thank you so much for calling in, Debbie. Uh, So I did a little digging because it kind of threw me off. And here's the breakdown of what's actually happening with the Apple Watch. Now, if you remember, the very the very first Apple Watch was basically considered the first gen, right? The very first gen Apple Watch. Then later, they kind of updated it and, and made a Series 1 watch that had a faster processor. Okay, so if your Apple Watch was from 2016, that is a Series 1 watch. If your watch was during 2014 when they launched them, that was just considered a first-gen watch. So there might be some confusion, but Watch OS 5 works on Apple Watch Series 1, Apple Watch Series 2, and obviously Apple Watch Series 3 and higher. It just does not work on the very, very first Apple Watch, the first gens from 2014, which also is kind of laughable because remember, they had that gold edition Apple Watch those will no longer be able to support Watch OS 5. So you basically have, I don't want to say you have a dud of a watch. I, the thinking is that they want to push people roughly four years later. I can't believe it's been four years, wow, with the Apple Watch to upgrade. But Watch OS 5 will at least work uh, on your watch, Debbie, if you have a Series 1, not to be confused with the first gen watch. All right. Final call coming out from the Bay Area. Hey, what up, Brian Song? Hey, man, this is Ricky from the Bay. Just want to, you know, give a quick shout out to you, man. I'm glad you're back and a great show. Um, just had a quick question and want to get your expertise. Um, I'm an old Apple, Apple fan boy, and I got like a um, iPhone 6S with the headphone jack. I got like a early... 2015 um, Apple laptop with uh, and basically a iPad 3G, um, basically all running different iOSs. Um, you know, just because of the new coming uh, iOS 12, um, really hesitant to upgrade on anything. I was wondering if you know what are your thoughts of like somehow just upgrading to the best uh, iOS possible, or how I can you know kind of do that without you know skipping like iOS 11 because it was such a you know buggy thing to do anyways man I just want to thank you for uh, taking my call and uh, keep at it man keeping it 100 with the the good and bad apples man and uh, uh, thank you for taking my call man take care bye oh you know we keep it 100 with the bad apples although I don't I think I was nice I didn't think I threw any out today probably should have uh, Ricky so here's the thing uh, normally in almost any other situation, I've told people, if you have a phone that is two years older than the current generation that the new operating system supports, don't put iOS on your phone. And also, I felt like you were kind of timid when you said iPhone success. Baby, just own that thing, man. It's like, yo, I got an iPhone success and I'm rocking it proud. And because you should, because it has the headphone jack, son. Anyways... <laughs> I'm getting all excited and hyped up about that. I actually really think that you want to avoid iOS 11 
and actually jump up to iOS 12. And the reason being more than anything is this iOS is to improve the performance of the phone. And it not only improves, you know, the eights, but improves the sevens and the six, like literally we've, there's been videos and kind of reports out about how it makes it smoother. The performance feels better. It's one of the few instances in the course of history of iOS that I wholeheartedly would recommend you jumping on that 6S up to 12. With your iPad, jump up to 12, that's fine. Now with your Mac, um, I have a 2015 MacBook Pro and I don't have a problem putting Mojave on it right now, but I'm just gonna wait that out a little longer. But I'm just gonna say, buck the trend and put iOS 12 on your 6S. And I think this is one of the rare instances because of Apple's dedication to the performance where you're gonna be happy with it. Now, if it totally breaks it, don't blame it on me. But uh, I think you'll be okay. All right, that's gonna do it again to call in to our show one eight three three triple eight abxl that's eight three three triple eight abxl two two nine five thank you so much again to supporting this show patreon.com slash brian tong and i will always got to give a shout out to my platinum apples the 100 dollars level sponsorship brandon ledford terrence mckelvey from stratos wealth partners gil cabrera andy halverson wesley freighter michael bullock and craig hindle That's amazing. And thank you, everyone, again, for your support at every level, liking the show, telling your friends, hey, BTZ's back on it, and giving that that five-star review. We're almost at 400 five-star reviews on iTunes. That's, like, pretty awesome. All right. Again, we'll be back every week coming at you. Thank you so much for listening. It's the Applebits XL. Be safe. Take care. Peace.